welcome to Cage Fighting. It's your main man, Andy Gillard, here once again. Hope everyone's good in the world. Evening, everybody. Matt Guy here. Hope everybody is having a wonderful evening, morning, or afternoon, wherever you are in the world. Deck the halls. It's almost time. Hello, it's Stu. Have you all right, lads? It's been a, it's been an interesting week. I've had quite a few people have been telling us that they're looking. Or I've had a few people tell me they've now gone and watched Colour Out of Space. <laughs> and Ash, who was on, who gave us his top five comic book films, he's downloaded Shudder this very evening in order to watch Colour Out of Space tomorrow. I think we may have started a bit of a movement on that film. It deserves it. It needs to be out there in the wild rather than just buried on obscure streaming platforms like Shudder that people I'm guessing that people have heard less of Shudder than have of the actual film itself at this point You're probably right <laughs> and I mean I know that I think I've mentioned it almost every week since I've downloaded it, it's such a wonderful streaming service, if anyone from Shudder is listening, if you'd like to sponsor us, please get in touch because I'll be honest I'm probably going to be keeping this for some time, it's it's bang up my street, these schlocky, great horror films. I love it. Should representatives give us three logins and we'll <laughs> give you a mention every every um, question cast episode we're in? That's it. Once we're uh, once we're done with Nick Cage, we could just go through the Shudder catalogue. It'll be great. Exactly. That's the future of the part, I think. Shudder cast. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. <laughs> So just quickly get the business out of the way. Make sure you're following us on the Twitter at CageFightingPod. I nearly forgot the address then. And the email address is CageFightingPod at gmail.com. And as ever, we would be eternally grateful if you could just drop a quick five-star review. I actually spent the other evening just going through my uh, my iTunes, giving out everyone reviews because I can't afford to give everyone money on their Patreons or whatever. And obviously, we don't even have one. But it, it took me... 10 minutes yet it took me 10 minutes to go through all these podcasts and just say thank you for doing what you do because it, it really helped me get through the uh, the lockdown I don't know about you gents but i need that bit of uh, background noise just to help me through yeah it's it's therapeutic more than anything else just doing this one so speaking to other people <laughs> it, it is it, i mean this is like the most contact that I've had this year via <laughs> via Skype to you two ugly fuckers. So you know, there we go. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, what a nice compliment that is. I know. So, bit of news this week: wife beater Johnny Depp has stepped down from his role in the Harry Potter spin-off franchise. Technical wife beater Johnny Depp. Well, wife beater nonetheless. I think from now on, every time he gets written about in the press. He is going to be referred to as wife beater Johnny Depp. Is this the end of his career? No. Not if you look at the petitions and things in place uh, for Amber Heard and and the the commotion it's caused. I think there'll be a select group of people or select audiences that will champion him now because Mm -hmm. of actually, uh, you know, depending on which alleged story you believe he's the victim in all of this and it's a difficult one to prove either way especially when the circus of the media get involved well it's, it's going to be the first time where the backlash has happened towards the woman involved as well mm-hmm. like it has mm. i mean she's pretty much classified as a lunatic at this point anyway by a lot of people who are the the antics that she gets up to so it's no surprise really but 
it's just a bad situation for everyone involved. And all the petition, I mean, they're not going to take her out of Aquaman, Aquaman 2, are they? Just It's just not going to happen. So, it's again, people just wasting their time. But to get 2 million people to sign a petition over something like this, it's a bit weird. It, it's amazing how many fangirls are out there. I remember when... Um... I remember saying something negative about Johnny Depp on Twitter. I think he was. I was talking to the Mary Sue, which is a feminist website. Um, they've got some wonderful <laughs> articles on there. It's a film-based website run by the, a woman. I can't remember the, the lady's name. It's a really good website. And I was conversing with her on Twitter and said something negative about Johnny Depp, and my mentions just went to shit that <laughs> night. It didn't help that I then took the piss out of them all, which made them get worse, but... That's by the by, really. It's like, it's like walking into a, a feminist rally with a, a bunch of tampons on your arm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I was completely defending feminism on it. I was like, no, it's fucked. But, uh, you know, anyway. But I, I, I do worry that will studios want to be associated with Johnny Depp? I mean, you can imagine someone like Warner Brothers, when they release their big film, do they want their press to be starring wife beater Johnny Depp? Well, so, we know it's where, a long road back. Yeah. We know where it's going to go. It'll be Tarantino as, as usual. Give, give it five years. Yeah, if anyone can save a career, it is uh, QT. In other news, The Rock is producing a reboot of his first starring role, The Scorpion King. Like, I know they made several sequels to it, but he wasn't involved in any of them. Have you seen any of them bar the first one? Not any Scorpion Kings. I think I, I think I don't even think I've seen like when the Mummy was at its peak when they had him in, and then they had the spin-off, didn't they? The individual spin-off, but the old spin-offs because they've redone the Mummy as well, haven't they? Like recently. Yeah. Um, no. Have I, they? Yeah, I'm sure they have. The, the Tom Cruise uh, Universal Monsters thing. Oh yeah. yeah, that was more like the um, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Kind of monsters that want it rather than that's what it was going to go into is this oh, shared okay. universe of yeah, all these things, but yeah, no, it seems a strange that seems more like a labor of love than anything. Like, I don't know, is it easy the rock? Like, just looking back fondly at this, the, the film that kick started his acting career and wants to kind of pay homage to it as opposed to actually having ambitions of making this a success. Because is anybody really interested in the Scorpion King at this moment in time? Is that really something that? ignites the oh you are yes oh, yeah yeah I, I will watch I mean to be fair I haven't seen the sequels I'll, I'll be honest but the original Scorpion King film it's quite good like it gets shit on majorly but for the type of film that it is it's a perfectly serviceable movie it's a dumb action film set in Egypt back in the day like you're not going to expect Shakespearean acting and mm. you don't get it it's, it's fun for what it is and I'd quite like to see what they could do with it now, mm. with, with all the new fandangled gadgets they've got. It's very much in the same kind of vein as National Treasury, that kind of adventure film. Yeah, it is. That's exactly yeah. what it is. But there's, there's, I mean, if he was being sensible, there's, he could just reshoot the last twenty minutes of the film, and then it'd be fine. Because I know when Goldie listens to this, the messages are going to come through. But that there's the major problem with that Scorpion King model with the CG and how bad it is. And it, oh no, it's not the, the the mummy, the Scorpion King. It's the Scorpion King. So I know, I, I know this is what I'm saying. 
He does oh, it. Right. That's all you need to do. That's the Scorpion King just fix the mummy film. Then that's all you need. You don't need mm. to mess with anything else. <laughs> his, his legacy yeah. is intact in that one film. Yeah, that's true. And finally, Gerard Butler, the Has Fallen series, is coming back for another film. Yes. Night Has Fallen. Now, I'm guessing from the reaction, Stu, <laughs> you've obviously seen it. Matt, have you seen any of the I've not Has seen. I've not seen any of them. I so. feel like that they're probably the kind of film I would enjoy taking the piss out of, but I've just never got round to it. Mm. Stu, are they amusing? I I think I I called it a few weeks ago when I said it's it's just modern day diehard, Olympus has fallen, right. especially. It's that's exactly how you can describe it. It's over the top explosions, action film, chaos, bit of conspiracies. Exactly Ooh. what I love. So hold, hold the phone, Stu. Tell me more, or, or don't. In a way, like if if there's a <laughs> bit more to it than just bang bang, and there's a bit more of like a conspiracy thing on that. Now you've got my tinfoil hat wearing interest. There's a bit of thought. That, well, as much thought as these kind of films have about them, then it's um, you know it's I like them. They are what they are. Again, they are what they are. Mm. I think it's something that I will eventually get round to one day. Obviously, just finding time to to play through. So that's all the news for this week. Have we had any fan questions in on the Twitter, Matthew? We certainly have, and there's some absolute bloody corkers this week. What, some proper food for thought here. So we will start off with Little Dan at Little Dan KMT. Will Smith turned down the part of Neo in the Matrix for Wild Wild West, if you can believe it. What was your last movie regret? Uh, God. Watching next, probably. Um, <laughs> movie. Reg- I don't really. Know. I don't really regret watching many films, though. To be honest. Um. I don't. Know. I don't think I have one because even even though we've we've watched films for this that I wouldn't have seen before. Even the bad ones, it's kind of like it's an experience in itself. So mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think I really have any. Andy, you've got to have, you've got to have watched something that you thought that was. A, I'm never getting that time back. Um, I regret getting excited for every single Transformers film. <laughs> like every time the trailer comes out, I'm convinced this is going to be the film that mm-hmm. turns it around and it's going to be great all of a sudden. And they are, and they've all let me fucking down massively. Um, so that doing French cinema at university, yeah. I, I regret that. That was probably the worst. It's taken me up until this year to finally watch another French movie because I've just had such an aversion to them ever since. So those two. Um, I, I had a look at other castings, like after seeing the question about Will Smith, I thought, who else has been cast and dropped out? And I found out that Brokeback Mountain originally had um, Leo DiCaprio and Mark Wahlberg in the the two main roles. I could not think of anything worse. Like that would have been, there's no way that would have been up for the Oscar. That would have been an absolute shit show of a film with Empire in. And I love Leo DiCaprio, uh, that would not work. From his side, it would have been no problem. It would have been fine. But Marky Mark doing a, a dramatic performance like that, and I think would have been there. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. 
I think um, from a, 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 my, a movie regret or a film regret, we'd be getting really, really excited and going to like the first possible showing of the latest Predator film in the franchise. Um, and then mm-hmm. just really being underwhelmed by it. Like it wasn't like terrible to the point where like it's laughable. It was just, it was just so, bleh, so Magnolia. Mm. Like it was just, yeah. it, I, I felt really underwhelmed by it and I got so excited for it. I was really <laughs> like looking forward to it, but it just didn't really, it didn't, it didn't tick the boxes that I wanted it to. And I'm comparing it to like Predator 2 as well. Do you know what I mean? Oh, well, there's nothing yeah. wrong with Predator 2. Come on. Well, oh. there's nothing, there's nothing right about it, but <laughs> not compared to the first, though, is it? They're two completely different films as well, yeah. aren't they? Really, but I, I went to a midnight screening of Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. That was um, something of a regret. <laughs> I also, um, uh. I did a ten o'clock showing of um, the Blair Witch Project. So, what was that? Two thousand when that was released. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, ten o'clock showing on Halloween. So I thought, oh, this will be great. Obviously, it will be a packed house. And I had to close my eyes halfway through it because I just got motion sickness watching the screen. <laughs> so it really fucking ruined the movie. And I've got to say, it's a decent film, but yeah, it wasn't a good experience. Now, now you've mentioned midnight screenings. That, that, there, there is one that stands out now that I, now I think about. It's kind of pushed to the back of my mind because it was so traumatic. Regressed. Um, yeah, exactly. Me, me and Goldie, we'd gone to watch... Whichever Harry Potter it was that year, I think it was the one with the big snake. I don't, I don't know. Um, but we came out of that, we came out of it, and it was about like twenty to twelve or something like that. And for some re- ridiculous reason, there was a, a, a showing of Die Another Day at seven minutes past midnight. So on the ticket, it said 007. <laughs> and we thought, oh, <laughs> let's go and watch the new Bond film at seven minutes past midnight. It's in a, <laughs> a weeknight. <laughs> Oh, wow. And it just happens to be the worst Bond film of all time with the CGI surf scene with a kind of really badly made copy of Pierce Brosnan on a surfboard and Madonna and oh, it's just all lot of wrong. Yeah, that, that that was a bad idea. And I've I've still never seen that film since. Speaking about bad ideas, I remember thinking it was a great idea when it, I used to start when I used to work for Asda when I was a like, shelf stacker. Back when I was like 16, I thought, yeah, I'll definitely be able to watch WrestleMania 21 till the end and then just go straight to work. <laughs> and then that was like, that was the day I just quit no notice from Asda and I just never never went back. And I, would, I couldn't go to Asda again for about three years for fear of like just bumping into like my old manager. Mm. Anyway, I digress. I'm sorry, Asda. Yeah. I've done that so many times. Like even within the last 12 months, I've stopped up to watch the wrestling and then just powered through until like 10 o'clock the day after it's not, ridiculous. Great, is it? not not when you're grown up no, it's not. <laughs> uh so todd dewitt wants to know is there a difference between a film and a movie now this is a big question big question that's what we need we need, uh, <laughs> we need one of those sandbox. uh but is there a difference between a film and a movie andy absolutely so for me if I'm say if I say I'm going to watch a movie, to me it, in my head I'm thinking it's going to be something big, explosions. I associate it with popcorn and noise and lots of stuff going on. Babies crying. If I'm going to... <laughs> not babies crying. That's never acceptable. Uh, but yeah, because I associate popcorn movie would be the phrase for me. Whereas if I'm watching a film, it's going to be something where you sit down and you pay attention. It's something that is. Um, 
more worthy almost movie implies something that's throwaway to me whereas a film is something that will be savored Stu, any advance on that that's pretty much exactly what i was going to say like the um one that came to mind i watched fairly recently was um dark waters with mark Mm -hmm. ruffalo that is not a movie in any sense of the word whatsoever it's an it's a pretty art house true life story film and how it's shot it's a piece it's film's more of a art piece than Mm. entertainment whereas movies and happiness so see i'll be interested to see actually todd if um when you listen to this if you can tweet us because the I just just differentiate the, the the two as an Americanism and a and a and a British kind of thing. That whenever I'm like tweeting other people, very consciously, if I use the word film, are they going to really like take on board what we're saying? Whereas if if I'm speaking to an American audience, I'd always use the word movie. I don't well, know if that's uh... the easiest way to think of it. Is what was the BBC um, late night program called with Barry Norman? Was I yeah. was I born? Uh, yes, because Jonathan Ross did it. Oh, okay, you are. Your yeah, fancy yeah. piece, Claudia Winkleman. Oh. Yeah, so, yeah, the film series. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. No, yeah, true. Fair play. Right, let's do some quick fire questions then to wrap them up. Uh, Simon Gold wants to know, Goldie, what would you say is the greatest TV, sorry, the greatest time machine in movie slash TV history? Shoe Hall. Hmm. Well, DeLorean's the coolest, eh? But just because I'm looking at it now, I'm going to say the TARDIS, Doctor Who. Interesting. Not my not my pick, but Andy, any advance on that? It's obviously the uh, the hot tub from Hot Tub Time Machine. <laughs> oh, you disappoint me greatly, Andy. Oh dear. It's obviously the phone booth from um, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. But there we go. I digress. Uh, so Tom Kearney wants to know. Um, he, he put. What is your top five castings? But then I thought, listen, we, we don't have a time for ambiguity like this. So I asked, I asked him directly. I said, Tom, give me some more info, mate. And he did. He just wants to know the the top five. Well, he wants to know the top casting of a film. So a role that you don't think could be done by anybody else who was the top casting of a role. Oof. That's a good question. Um Ray Liotta in Goodfellas. Oh, hello. Because, like, Ray Liotta, he's got this... I don't want to say sleazy, because that, that sounds harsh. It's not quite sleazy, but he's got this slippery sort of character about mm, him. Weasel. Which works perfectly. Yeah, he works perfectly with Henry Hill. I couldn't imagine another person doing that role to that to the level that he gave you. Actually, he was excellent in that. It's one of the the best performances, and it just fit him to a T. Yeah, that's fair. That's very fair. Hmm. Stu, you're looking very ponderous. <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot of... I mean, we did, hmm. I'm going to say, because I, I watched it again recently because of the whole Nailed and Fix that I was on, that Guy Pearce in Memento, because that's hmm. such a fucked up, messed up film, and... Has he been better than that in anything else? Probably not. You're not counting home and away. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's one of them things that it's, I say it's iconic because probably vast majority of people would never even heard of it. But oh, I just think he was 
right place, right time. It was perfect for that role. Mm. I'm going to go with one that's not quite as artistically or um, in terms of like pure talent as an actor, but I don't think anybody would have done Deadpool the justice that Ryan Reynolds did for me. No, I think you're spot on. I think he's comic timing in that role and the way he gives his lines. I mean, listen, he insults Slim Biscuit, and I don't get annoyed because it's funny. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's why he's got to be good because I fucking love Limp Biscuit. So um, I think I don't think anybody else would have done that role um, to the level that Ryan Reynolds did um, Deadpool. I think it was fantastic, and it you know it stands the test of time. In terms of like a comedy film uh, and a and a superhero film or anti-hero film, uh, and I think we've got and one more to, to run, well, of course. Yeah, I know. I can't believe this. For anyone that's not listening, is he is he is he bought them or is he a majority shareholder or? Uh, I think he's going to be part of a consortium. Him and Rob McElhaney from It's Always Sunny. That's insane. Fuck. Mm. Um, finally then, David Evans um, of a daft question wants to know what are really good films spoiled by a disastrous ending? Oh, um, AI, artificial intelligence mm-hmm. was one of the first that springs to my mind. It's, it's not a really good film. It, it starts off slow. It does pick up and gets half decent and then it just dies a death because it just keeps going on and fucking on forever. Mm. That's the first film that springs to my mind. Good film, bad ending. See, mine... like any film which has a like a it was all a dream sort of ending as well. It's that's the worst. Because I'm gonna it's it's so annoying because it, the answer he really is next because up until that point I wasn't hating, <laughs> and it, it it could have been see the blood pressure's coming up again now. <laughs> <laughs> Because it was it wasn't a good film, but it was it was a fun film. And if that had been an extra twenty minutes, it could have made it to about a six and a half, seven. But nothing really. I mean, there's been loads of films where it's just ending. And I thought, what the hell's going on? Like, I mean, even even like what we watched recently, Mom and Dad. That that just ends, and that could have gone on for a little bit longer. But it was it, it worked. It was perfect. It just finished. Mm. Um. I I always have been missing for years, but mm. yeah, I'm, I think I'm probably I'm going to say next because of because of how bad the ending of that that's the one that sticks in my mind straight away. Mm. Mm. I say one thing: it's more of a genre issue than specific film. The superhero genre, how almost every film descends into a good guy bad guy battle, and the bad guy is just a color swap version of the good guy. I find that really disappointing. Like Wonder Woman, I think is an exceptionally good film until you get to like the last 10 minutes and it does sort of ruin it a little bit. Same with um, the Incredible Hulk movie they did. Once he just starts fighting and it's just loud bangs. I find that an issue, but that that's probably more of a, it's not a specific film mm. that can be for the whole genre, to be honest. Yeah, they yeah. are. But that's what they just, especially the MCU films, they just colour by numbers. You know exactly how it's going to work. Hmm. Yeah, for for me, um, the Tom Cruise War of the Worlds film really liked it, really enjoyed it, but then uh, the aliens get a cold and then they die. So I haven't so, seen that. Is that how that goes? Yeah, it's terrible. What do you, what do you mean? How old World, World, War of the Worlds is, and you've never known the ending? 
No, I've never had any interest in it, to be honest. Well, apologies, Andy. They, um, yeah, spoilers they for a hundred year old story. <laughs> they get a cold, they, they get they catch the common cold and don't have and die from it, basically. Um, wow. after like destroying everything in it, it's and not even Morgan Freeman, um, can save it at the end. Because he's the uh, narrator going, and they got a common cold. Like that. <laughs> That's a really good impression. And yeah. there was a good man. <laughs> Even oh, the... Shawshank. Shawshank's got a shit end. No. When he gets on the uh, the bus to go and meet his friend, and it's all a dream. Because, I mean, that is a dream sequence at the end, isn't it? He doesn't actually meet him in Zaywataneo. It's bollocks. I mean, it's not a great film anyway, but the ending especially is bollocks. I can tell we're recording this late at night. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, thank you very much for sending in your questions. Some really good head scratches amongst those. Thank you very much. So we'll move on now to the first question. What have we been watching this last week? Matt? Well, I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there and tell you why I'm watching The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm watching it from the start. Because I never um, watched it in its entirety back when it was released the first time around. Uh, and I saw some clips on Facebook of like classic episodes. And I just thought, this looks great. Like I'd watched bits and bobs and obviously I knew the theme tune. But like I'm just watching it from the start and it's an absolute treat. Like It's fantastic. And what I'm really enjoying about it is actually, like it's a comedy, so that's fine. But they do touch on like some quite legitimate, serious racial issues in there. Um, but Will Smith's just excellent in it, um, and it's just—I'm just really enjoying it. And there's about 150 episodes in the whole thing to like to plow through. And you know, if you need a 20-minute like casual just watch or something while you're like you know while you're getting ready or anything else, there's a lot worse on there. And, and like Netflix has it has the entire thing. So yeah, that's what I'm watching at the minute. And I'm 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 massively knee deep. Like FIFA 21 Ultimate Team seasons rolled around, and I know it's not strictly film, but that's what I'm watching at the moment. Pretty much my entire time is spent watching Fresh Prince or playing FIFA 21. Fresh Prince is a good show. I don't think I've seen it for at least 10 years, but I remember loving that show. That might be something worth checking out once I've got through a few back catalogues, actually. I can't believe you went for Fresh Prince, to be honest, considering what I was watching in relation to. What, American History X? Or like, <laughs> effectively the sim- similar kind of thing. It was uh, Roger and uh, Sister Sister is all on Netflix as well. I saw Britain. that. Yeah, I saw that. A lot, a, a weird infatuation with that show back in the day. And again, one of them where obviously I haven't seen it since I watched it first time around. So you are talking twenty <laughs> odd years, and again, twenty minute episodes. Just put it on in the background, but then it, it the background turns into the foreground, and then you're obsessed with it, and it's it's class. So yeah, um, there's that, and I started watching. Um, that's where I hopefully future Doctor Who, Raoul Cooley, um, starting the the second season of the Haunting series on net, on Netflix as well. I went back and watched the first one, Haunting of Hill House. So we all completely missed it, never seen it. So I've, I think we watched four episodes now. That gets the chills going. It's, I watched um, the first episode and I didn't. I couldn't watch it anymore. Yeah, it's one that it's really incredibly well made. It's, it's a, 
when we we talking about it last week or or the week before when the certain when you get them certain things where you actually get quite scared. And mm. like you said in that first episode, it's really tense all the time. Mm. And it's not just uh, it's kind of like it shows the characters as kids and as adults as well. And it like it doesn't keep, it just flashes between the two or like throughout the whole episodes. It's really, really, really well made. But yeah, I'd absolutely recommend that. If if I mean it's old news next, it's like a year, year and a half old. But Haunted of Hill House, very good. Mm. I often find that TV series based on horror genre don't usually work for me. But if it got to the point where you couldn't watch any further, that, <laughs> it, that doesn't. I'm, like, that, I'm that quite doesn't, tempted. That doesn't. I mean, I almost stopped watching Bake Off after after Lottie <laughs> went. So. It doesn't really like it, do you know what I mean? It doesn't take a lot for me to stop watching something, to be fair. But we, if Rahul Cool is in it, then I, it's got to be worth the uh, watch. He's in The Haunting of Blythe Manor, the second one. Okay. I don't know if they're linked, so I, I'm not sure, but he's definitely in the second right. one. Okay, I'm making a note of both of those to add to my Netflix list then. Excellent. So for my TV delectations... Um, Truth Seekers, the new Nick Frost series with Simon Pegg in a supporting role. I quite enjoyed it. It's got sort of like a British X Filesy kind of feel to it. <laughs> fun. Something a little bit more serious. I've been watching a documentary called Seduced Inside the Nexium Cult. I was a massive fan of Smallville back in the day, and it's about the what well, what's become known as the sex cult that Alison Mack was part of. Um just a fucked up story, to be honest. Really good four-part documentary. Well worth checking out. After giving so much love to Showgirls on the last question cast, I watched the documentary about it called You Don't Know Me. Spelt N-O-M-I, as in the, the character's name. This is as good as The Death of Superman Lives. Like It proper Ooh. does a deep dive into all aspects of the movie, the stars, the director the sociology behind it. It's a really, really well-made documentary. Thoroughly recommend it. Uh, obviously, we've had Halloween since we last recorded one of these, so I watched The Babysitter Killer Queen, which is just a schlocky B-movie, dumb as fuck, but really good fun. And I also watched Holiday because I love Emma Roberts, but sadly, that film's a bit of a disappointment. She plays her usual snarky bitch self and you kind of want it to go one way but it ends up going into this really really formulaic rom-com in the end and it i think had it have just ended on a bit of a sour note it would have been a bit better than just ending like every other rom-com you get so i've had quite a busy uh few weeks watched it a fair bit and so i met emma roberts i went back i realized that i never finished season three of american horror story the coven I've just I've watched the second episode this week of uh, Coven. Just because she's in it, and, and how again, fanboy out over it because of how great she's in. Again, same role every time. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think I've got three left now, so that's that's plodding along nicely as well. So yeah, that's again late to the party, of course. But yeah, yeah, very highly rated. <laughs> yeah, I've because I only got into. American Horror Story, the last two seasons. So I watched seasons eight and nine and then went back to the start to watch them. But then you can watch them independently. Only season eight is slightly linked in with season three, but it doesn't really matter. 
but I can say I've really enjoyed American Horror Story. So the next question will be yours, Stu. Yeah, so mine. I was thinking because Matt said that he was watch. He watched one of the films that we reviewed last time on his laptop when he was doing the washing up, and it, it kind of um, it, it started a fury inside me of <laughs> how, how is this possible? Because when I watch when I watch a, a new film, it either has to be at the cinema or it has to be on my eighty four inch projector screen. Just because it's a film, again, film, movie, whatever. If I've already seen it, then I watch it on telly, I watch it on my laptop, or even in extreme cases on my phone or my Vita. But every for new films, I have to watch it one or two ways, otherwise it's almost like disrespecting it for me. And I know this is a very <laughs> weird thing to say, but I, I thought, how can people live like this? So, Matthew, explain yourself. How do you prefer to watch films? Well, how well. This is, how, a, is it, how is this possible? So, possi- so possible is one thing. How I prefer is another. Time constraints meant I required watching it while I was doing menial tasks around the house. But that wouldn't be my normal go-to. In the past, it would be cinema, cinema, cinema. would absolutely love that to be my medium of watching a film. But A, price. B, a general dislike of people. And C... <laughs> Uh, not having an unlimited amount of popcorn, which I do at home thanks to an, a, a genuine heater popcorn machine that you put oil in and it does popcorn with that I now have at home means I'd much prefer to like just be at home watching a film, curtains closed, surround sound on, on my own watching without the interruptions of the outside world, phone off kind of watching now. That's my, that's my go-to really. Yesterday I spent a good so for the, for well nobody's going to know this but the, the the delicate ecosystem that was behind the TV got amended uh, yesterday got all tidied up and it wasn't until then I, I had to unplug everything and I had to message Stu and I was like Stu how the hell do I get my surround <laughs> to like how it was before I was like help help I need to send the bat signal out for Stu. And so I just started playing around and I must have spent about three hours on the sound settings, like once I got it up, just to find what the optimum sound settings are for this surround sound system, because I, that's what I like now, just to be sitting at home watching films kind of in the dark. So that's my that's my go-to now. The, the washing up laptop on top of the kitchen scales, which is where they are in my house, <laughs> is secondary. Yeah, the, the audio thing, it's with, with games as well. I mean, I've always been always been like this as well with like, I know people play certain things like The Witcher and stuff like that, and I'd listen to podcasts in the background. And I thought, I can't do it. It's just not possible. I have to, when the, the game audio is as, as important as the actual game itself to be. It's in, and the same oh, with films. 100%. Where mm. I've got, when I even got some, I mean, thanks to my Aston sending on me, but some TV headphones. So that's virtual surrounds in for every input possible <laughs> and cranked up to the max, especially when I'm watching films at night on my own. I mean, they can't have the surround sound on for obvious reasons because it's obnoxious. <laughs> that you still want the full experience as much as possible. So yeah, the sound's very important. Oh, hundred percent. And I know, I know, there's going to be listeners to this who are absolutely cringe when I say this, but you don't know how much pleasure I get of having my surround sound on when I'm playing FIFA and knowing in one speaker you hear the away section of the fans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it's a proper surround sound with proper channels like that. that Every bit of my like technology geeky bones go wild for that. 
because like one section of like a crowd is the away and you only hear him out of that speaker. I'm 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 sorry. How I've found a woman to marry me, I don't know. But there we go. <laughs> I mean, the most amazing thing is, does she even know that you had a, a powered coaxial extension cable behind the telly? Which is oh, I the, didn't. Well, I didn't know I had it because I, I didn't know what it was. I said to you, Stu, what, what is this device I have? <laughs> <laughs> I think my, my preferred, I mean, like I watch films any way that I can do it. So if I'm cooking or washing up, like Matt said, I'll just bang it on the laptop. I've watched many a film whilst I've been at work. I've had like my two computer screens with my work on and my third, my laptop with a film on, unless my boss is listening. And I absolutely <laughs> haven't done that. But like needs must, I think, if I just want to get through a film. But if it's one that I'm genuinely interested in, as opposed to one I need to watch because I, I need to talk about it on a podcast or something. The preferred method, like the number one, would be an empty cinema screen, two-thirds back in the middle, so you've got the perfect surround sound going on, you can hear it bouncing around the walls, and that's probably the sweet spot. But the problem is, is you're never going to get that. There's going to be other people in the cinema screen, (laughs) and they're going to be eating or bringing their fucking baby in with them. So, exactly, it's going to be that horrific noise. So... (laughs) It, it really, the best experience that you can get now is watching at home. And like I've got a 50-something-inch TV screen. It's 4K. You know, it's a good TV. I've got my settee positioned so that the seat I always sit in is directly in front of it. Yes, absolutely. If I draw the, the curtains, there is no glare at all on there. It, it's a perfect viewing experience. You're allowed one pause about halfway through for a piss break, if needs be or if you need to get a coffee or whatever. I tend to have a squash and I'll start with a coffee. And once I've got through the coffee, I'll then go into the squash afterwards. I generally don't eat during the film, but obviously there's no one else to annoy, so it doesn't matter if I do eat. But that, just, that would be the perfect experience now. It's Sat such a there, shocking attention. You know, you should film yourself and listen to how loud you are when you eat. And just to see if you, if you annoy yourself. I mean, I, I know I'm not that loud when I eat, um, except like if I've had a cold or something and I can't breathe through my nose, so I have to eat with my mouth open because that's the only way I can breathe. And I get really fucking angry at myself. <laughs> and I can feel my blood boiling and it's only me doing it. it I've got something called misophonia, which is just like the, it, it just, it reviles me, that noise. So I, I think it's, it, it's, it must be something psychological. It's not something I was born with, but there we are. <laughs> oh, I know when um, it's Christmas time, officially, and I, I, start, I don't know how the, it was either last year or the year before, for some reason, I started every time I watched a Christmas film at night. I mean, that, again, that's the rule of Christmas. We'll, we'll come on to that in a few weeks' time. But um, new films I hadn't seen at Christmas. Bowl of sausage rolls, just at the just at the oven, still a bit warm. Oh god, they're the MVP. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Love little fast. oven tray like sausage yeah. rolls. Party party size sausage rolls. Um, a cinnamon cinnamon JD, the Tennessee Fire JD, with Coke. 
pe- bottle of peanuts the other side. Oh, it's Christmas bliss. But other, other, otherwise, it's Coke and popcorn, even on my own. You could even make your own like candied nuts as well. Quite easily, just get some cinnamon, get some sugar, bang it in the in a pan, a little bit of water to get it going. Cook it up, then just chuck a shit ton of nuts in there. Coat the nuts as it goes. Really nice. It's a really nice treat. And it, it's not like the most healthy, but it could be a lot worse as well. So, yeah, I remember treat making, yourself this year. I remember making a mistake of like looking at the calorie content on a large sorted popcorn from Cineworld. And like it blew my mind how bad it was for you. Like it was ridiculous. Just don't think to the point. To think. No, I know. And the worst thing is when I have like... Imagine like if I could see CCTV and myself just literally shoveling handful after <laughs> handful of just popcorn into my mouth and it all falling everywhere because I'm I just don't take the time to eat it. I just shovel it in and I just think calorie after calorie after calorie. <laughs> awful. I mean, you, you think about it. I mean, we've been doing how long we've been doing this podcast and now it's evolved to having three cans of cider while recording every week, <laughs> as well as everything else, and being on lockdown and doing fuck all, and I'm still exactly the same weight. It's all it's all a conspiracy. Just don't listen oh, to it. There we go. Exactly. True, mate. <laughs> Preach. That's it. That's the uh, the dais. So the next question that will be mine. Um, so. Obviously, last week I mentioned Showgirls and I watched You Don't Know Me this week. Growing up, like my first TV crush was Jesse Spano, Elizabeth Berkeley, who was in that, and also in Saved by the Bell. So I'd like to know, who was your first film crush? Stu, I've just gone to you as you're taking a sip. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Twisted Tree Vintage Cider, 6.8% at 7 minutes past 11 on a Thursday night. Um it was an easy one for me because I, I don't know if you can see his first crushes, first first um, blood distribution model. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> and then that would be um, in Chase Meridian from um, Batman Forever, which is Nicole Kidman in that in that time. It was absolutely wonderful. I even I even had. The, the sticker album from that film just so I could have the sticker of her over and over again. <laughs> and you look at her, look at the promotional shots from that film in of her and she's absolutely incredible. And it was, yeah, um, I, mean, I mean, it was, I, I, I do wonder if mom knew where the tissues were going that month. <laughs> but she was, even, even thinking about it now, I'm thinking, oh, well, hurry up and finish. But, she was, she was just, she was just incredible. I mean, it's probably the best part about that film as well. And she was in um, Forever. Is that right? Yeah, yeah Batman Forever. Yeah, it's a good call. To be fair, I always, I just liked Kim Basinger in the original Batman. I always thought she was just stunning. Uh, Matt, who are you going with? So there's um. <laughs> Oh, blood flow distribution, however it was. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> so the earliest I can think back, obviously you've got Pfeiffer as Catwoman, um, but <laughs> Bridget Wilson as Sonya Blade in Mortal Kombat. Um, <laughs> was that the first, like... Again, I think a few a few weeks ago now, I just said about like how I'd go around to my dad's and we'd get like an 18-rated film, even though I was like under 10. And like, and like, we'd eventually stumbled across like Mortal Kombat, and then I remember seeing Bridget Wilson and thinking, "Oh, she's pretty." And then she fucking gets her head kicked in, <laughs> or like, or like she's like fighting against Scorpion and 
Sub Zero. But I think in terms of like consistent crush on a um, on a film star, it probably would have been Angelina Jolie around the um, Tomb Raider time frame. Okay. Just a really like not I wouldn't say classically beautiful woman in terms of like Hollywood <laughs> but there was just something about her like that was just really stood out and I just thought yeah this is the woman for me. I mean Angelina Jolie in the the Tomb Raider era she was like probably the most famous she has ever been mm-hmm. as well. She was everywhere at that point wasn't she? Mm-hmm. I mean she when was that film? 2001 was... I think. Yeah, that was. Hmm. Yeah, it was a bit. I was a bit older, but then. Yeah, I was trying to. Think. So I didn't know until that film that who her dad actually was. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. It was yeah, only. It was um, only when he was in it, and they were talking. They was on a promotional. He was probably with them, um, Sir Barry Norman, um, on a promotional tour with him, and they were talking. They were together. Thinking, what? Really? Learn some every day. Hmm. So, like, your two answers make me realise how fucking innocent I am in comparison. So, like, I remember having the biggest crush on... And I wonder if either of you are even going to know who I mean when I say her name. To Google. Anna Klumsky. Um. Does it ring any bells? No. Uh, well, it's definitely not this woman. Is Anna someone Elizabeth from Golden Clumpy, Girls? 1856 to 1942. Which was not her. <laughs> so, she was starring oh, opposite Macaulay Culkin yeah. in My Girl. Oh, I see. She's a bit younger. And like, obviously, that would have been... Well, it's exactly age-appropriate. I would have been eight, and she would have been 11. It would have been a match made in heaven. Early developer. And, like, even even now, because she's in... Or she, she, she was... <laughs> She was starring in Veep and she was in in the loop as well. And yeah, like even seeing her now, my heart still flutters. It's just, yeah, it just reminds me of an innocent time. So you're saying you you would have liked to have been the one giving the nuts in My Girl? (laughs) Let's just say I wouldn't want to get any uh, base things in there. Maybe cut the uh, paedophile reference out of the My Girl chat. <laughs> no, it was it was it was hinted at. It's fine. It's fine. I mean, the amount of times we've said it about you, I think. It's unfair, <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> Pay the sex ghost. <clears throat> right. Okay. Okay. So the final question of the week—that's yours, Matt. Yes. So I want to know. About a film franchise that you were repeatedly told was the Mutz Nuts, you give a chance and then you just didn't really agree with, you just couldn't get along with. Uh, Stu. There was a few. I mean, there, there was there was one that, that jumped out to me straight away that was the Cornetto trilogy, which I, I just, I've never got a hold of, not once. Um, I. I, I... No, obviously I'm, not. I'm... <laughs> just to see, just to see the look on Andy's face. Then, now there was. Um, You'd be off the podcast if that was true. Twilight, just why? What's the point? I'll, I'll give you. I'll give, I'll give three chances. I've watched it three times. That first film, and it's just maybe I'm too old for it. Maybe I'm, I'll be 
quite clearly not the uh, target market for it. But I just don't, I can't see how it's, how it's like transformed the world. I don't understand. I have seen all of the, the Twilight films. Um, they are shockingly bad. Like, th- there's no two ways about it. They're not a good. They don't even have like a particularly good message behind them either. To be perfectly honest, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. It's a bit of a shocker. The, the one of them is vaguely tolerable. The rest is <laughs> like shit. I've se- I did the same as you, Stu. Like I remember saying to Sam, um, like really early on, I was like, "Right, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be this person that slags something off without giving it the time of day. Let's watch them all." And we watched them all over the space of like a week, and I was like, "Fucking hell, this is diabolical." And a then, week. you know, I, we- but at least you know, I did the honourable thing and gave it a go before I. Yeah, exactly. That's what I, I think. I, I watched it myself tw- twice, and then I gave it a go for the third time. After she watched the whole thing through twice, he said, "Oh, do you want to watch this?" Oh, okay, and it's just just not happening, not anymore. I know he, he's he's great in everything else. That's all we need to know. Well, yeah, and I, I'm learning that now. I'm learning that the the hard way. You know, my I have my preconceptions about RP, but I'm I'm coming around. Yeah, just go, just go and watch yeah. the watch the lighthouse and forget Twilight even existed. And I've got to say, I think even Kristen Stewart might go that way. She She's quite in missing some stuff, but then I've seen her in other stuff, and I think, you might have an Oscar-winning performance in you. She, she's one of those where I think if she gets the right role, I think she might be excellent. Mm. But I think she gets horribly miscast. And I, I saw a tweet the other day from, um, oh, the... Mara, who was the the young girl in Matilda, I can't remember her name now, something Mara. She said, isn't it funny how all of her films are terrible when we all thought she was straight? And then as soon as she comes out, (laughs) she's bisexual or or, uh, obviously she's somewhere on the LGBTQ uh, uh, spectrum. Spectrum's not the right word. Uh, Rainbow. Um, She's just got all these much meatier roles that show she's a much more talented actress than just being pigeonholed into these schlock that she's been given oh a little bit like um ellen page yeah i fucking love ellen page though she's one i will watch in anything i think she's amazing have you um you played beyond beyond two souls no um that was one that was on the list purely because she was in it yeah and uh is it willem defoe was in that as well (laughs) so i mean i've played the the games either side of that franchise and i've never played that one for whatever reason Mm. But yeah, she was um, apparently she's excellent in that as well. Yeah, I've heard good things. Andy, uh, what about my... you? Franchise that you just couldn't get to grips with that, that that you've either been recommended or is you know universally loved, maybe. There's two, and one might be controversial. One definitely isn't. Um, the non-controversial answer: Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm. Like. I... It it start when it first started out. It was like really loved by all these people. It was really good, and I think I watched it when the third one was out on the recommendation of someone I went to uni with. And it was just like from the very first film. It's an awful, awful movie, and it it just gets worse and worse as it goes on. Uh, the second more controversial movie, Halloween. I don't think it's that good mm. it's fine but 
I, I'd, I'd much rather sit through the Friday the 13th films than the Halloween series. The mm, Did you watch the one last year? Or the year yes, before? I watched it on, on Halloween, just gone. It, it was fine, but... Yeah, so I, thought that, I thought that was a nice way of doing it. So I watched I watched the original and then watched the 30-year-later sequel um, yeah. the next day. I thought, okay. I just find the suspension of disbelief is a little bit too much with that film because it's not supernatural. He's supposed to just be a tough dude, isn't he? Well, he could... Pretty much. It's it's never said... I mean, it, you see all these lunatics, most of them for Trump, um, all high on all sorts of narcotics and stuff. So, I mean, when when someone explained that to me for the first time, I thought, oh, yeah, it makes sense then why well, he can be stabbed and shot and all this kind of stuff and he still survives. So if... If you look at it like that, then it makes some kind of sense. Mm. Mm. I, I don't know. It just but it was the it was stretching it for me. Whereas I think something like Friday the Thirteenth, it very much knows what it is. It's dumb horror, so it just sort of works for me much better than Halloween. Personally, it's not that I think Halloween's bad. I just don't think it is as good as it's held up to be. It's mm, fair. Mine is I'm. Um... Playing artistic license with the question, really, but it's my question, so there. Mm. Um, the Hobbit franchise, not the Lord of the Rings franchise, but the Hobbit as a separate entity. Uh, I just don't think it captures like the the magic of the Lord of the Rings trilogy at all. Like, and I, I found myself on more than one occasion finding myself bored of like wishing that this unbelievable journey would just end because I just find it I just I just didn't it just didn't grab me especially um the fight the five armies um just hmm. never I don't know I just it just didn't grab me in the same way that the original Lord of the Rings trilogy did and but uh, you for for context Hobbit mm-hmm. two Lord of the Rings books <laughs> the third I don't know where the other one is but um Obviously, a non-visual medium, so that's pointless. Just showing the size of the books. It's if you don't compare it to the original, if you didn't compare it to Lord of the Rings and just take it as it is, as a fantasy thing set in the same universe, mm. is it really as bad? It's not that it's. Well, I am making a direct comparison, so you know, context is king. If you take that out, then is it as bad? No, but then it, then they just become plodding meandering films that get lost on the way to Mordor. <laughs> no. But they just get like, you know, I just, I just find that they're, they're a little bit too plodding along. I, I just, I just, they just didn't grab me. Just didn't grab me. I, I, I can't, um, I can't really explain it's, it any more than that. It's just the, personal the, preference, maybe. The eternal question. Have you seen the extended editions? What, of The Hobbit? Yeah. I couldn't barely make it through the standard editions. So no, it's, <laughs> It's a ten times better film. Really, always, always the same way. Even, even with the third one, which is the probably the best of the three, and you watch the extended edition, and it's so much better. It actually makes sense. Hmm. It's one of the things where obviously he's done it. He did it for the first time around, so he's done it exactly the same formula again. Yeah, but it's more like taking things out of the main films rather than adding adding on to what was there. Okay, with this with the Hobbit compared to the Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. And I've said this to a few people as well. Obviously, committing yourself to another twelve hours is it's a 
it's a bit of a slog. But yeah, the extended editions of The Hobbit is 10 times better than what was shown in the cinema. Okay, Stu, I respect your opinion enough, as long as you respect that I may watch it while I'm trying to scrape pasta bake off a casserole dish. Oh, well, you, you've seen it before, <laughs> so technically it counts. Yeah, okay, so, fine. <laughs> Sad. I, I haven't even seen any of The Hobbits. Like, I, I would go a step further than you, Matt, and I would throw Lord of the Rings in there as well. <laughs> it's that, that good a, a trilogy. Good grief. It, it's, it's fine. It's Like you were just saying about it being plodding, I found Lord of the Rings to be quite plodding. There's too much walking for a start. It, too much walking and not It's a big place. <laughs> yeah, but I, yeah, it's. I, I would be inclined to agree if and when I finally see The Hobbit because I think the Lord of the Rings films are shit enough. The thing so, is, the, 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 the book, The Hobbit itself, is obviously a masterpiece. And I, and I, and I, and I don't know if I'm making the... Making the, the grave error of trying to compare the two as, as, as the same medium. Do you know what I mean? Trying to compare the mm. wanting one to be the other. You know, I, re- I... I recently read, listened, and watched The Godfather in the space of about a month. Mm. So I listened to the audio book, read the book, and um, watched the film. Like to compare the different, like how it was, and that's got to be one of the closest in terms of enjoyment of any kind of film book listen i've ever had all three were an absolute pleasure hmm. i like just sort of subvert or branching off to a different question films and books that are both good because usually you get one which is vastly superior to the other one that for me high fidelity hmm. i don't know if you've ever seen or read the book no i've seen the film but i haven't uh, i haven't read the book oh it's fantastic the book's really good it's set in london in the 70s I want to say whereas the film is set in the 90s in Chicago and you would think transporting across the Atlantic and updating it it wouldn't have the same feel but by doing that it's given it its own lease of life and I think that they're separate enough that you can enjoy them individually but they're close enough that you can appreciate what they both bring to the party yeah I tell you I tell you what film film. falls into that category for me um train spotting if you've ever read the book train spotting um, but it's it's sensational, and mm. the film is incredible in, as far as I'm concerned. And the book is, I'd say, the book pips it just about, but it's mm. they're they're very very close. It's the classic the classic question cast Brexit vote fifty two forty eight. There is um, there's one that obviously that stands out. that's excellent all round, obviously. That's um, <laughs> good. Grief. Fifty Shades of Grey. Good God, Stu. And the excellent... Oh, shit. He's done a runner after dropping that bombshell on us. <laughs> yeah. <I don't... laughs> Have you seen the, the films? Have our bollocks. You need to... Did you watch that film, that, the uh, the Polish Fifty Shades? It was on Netflix. No, never got right into it. Oh, come on. So they're, they're, they're so shit. They're, they're, they're good in their own special way. <laughs> But now, the, Jurassic, yeah. Jurassic Park was the, the actual answer. The, the novelization version is really good. Okay. Mm. And there's, there's, there's bits that were not in the film as well, which is all obviously better. Um, but yeah, they're equally as good in their own right. Mm. I, I, um, 
Well, actually, like following on from Matt's train spotting, I watched Filth and then read the book, and it's mm-hmm. obviously it's the same guy. It's um, Irving Welsh, isn't it? Yeah, who did yeah, that, yeah. Who did train spotting? I really enjoyed it, and I'm glad I did it that way because I think if I'd done it the other way round, I don't think I'd have enjoyed the film as much. Mm-hmm. The book was better, but I I still really like the film, and I think seeing it first definitely helped in that case. James McAvoy's on fucking great form in that movie, but I mean he's great in everything anyway, isn't he? Pretty well, much, apart from uh, Dark Phoenix, of course. He's not bad in that. He's just <laughs> everything else, though. And of course, Scott Pilgrim. That's just a wonderful transposition from page to screen in my books. One thing before um, before we go on on filth and train spotting, um, ecstasy, three tales of chemical romance. Uh, it's three short novels in in one book. Um, just watch it. it uh, just watch it, idiot. Just read it. Sensational. I remember I took it with me to on the the last holiday, the, the last great holiday before lockdown, um, where me and Sam at the very very last minute booked something that ended up having like its own like a villa with its own private pool and i just read this book and burnt to a crisp in the space of like two days because it was so good <laughs> the book was amazing um three short stories about um drugs in kind of um i i, I won't go into it because you'll it'll, it'll ruin the surprise for it but yeah read it really really excellent is, is it set in that same world with Spud- yeah, no, it's Spud- not Boy yeah yes and yes and no yes and no loosely okay. very loosely Mm. I, I would like to read some more Irving Welsh because what I have read has been it's been funny and fucked up in all the right ways exactly exactly yeah, that's what it's all it about tremendous he's worth a follow on Twitter as well oh, okay yeah definitely so that's us done for this week thank you very much for joining us on this podcast next week we're going to be remaking it large as we watch a couple of well they're both classics in very different ways. We're going to be watching Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans, and The Wicker Man. Like when I started this, or when I spoke to you, pair about starting this podcast, The Wicker Man was like the one film I was fucking dying to get to. Mm-mm-mm. So I'm really looking forward to, to finally getting there next week. So for this week, Stu, would you like to say goodbye? Holidays are coming. Holidays are coming. <laughs> <laughs> goodbye. Ma- Matt, would you like to say goodbye? Take it easy, guys. Stay safe. And it's goodbye from me. And remember, be excellent to each other. Ooh, yo, 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 baby. Ooh. About some fries to go with that shake. Sorry, I'm on a no fathead diet. <laughs> Excuse me, gal. Would you like to do the limbo under a coconut tree? Excuse me. Dibs on the tall one. Excuse me, miss. Uh, maybe you can help me out here. I seem to have lost all the feeling in my lips. <laughs> I'm Colton Banks. That's right. The Colton Banks. <laughs> Merit Scholar, captain of her math team, and president of her high school's French club? Well, there you have it, Aunt Viv. I mean, we wouldn't have nothing to talk about. I'm not that good at math, and I don't speak no French. Miss Kayla Samuels. Voulez-vous coucher avec moi, c'est ça?
nah, baby. Nah, I love you more. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. I love you more. <laughs> Alright, you love me more. <laughs> Isn't that romantic? He's quoting Elmer Fudd. Hold on, Kathleen. Quick over the other line. Hi, it's me! No, 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 no. I miss you more. No, I miss you more. Alright, you miss me more. Oh, you gotta go? I'm gonna miss you. No, no, I'm gonna miss you more. I just tricked my head You know, definitely, I see your point. Hey, so look, why don't we just kick it over to Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles? No, no, I think I'd better stay. We're, we're trying to raise money for the clinic, and I work there. Oh, really? What do you do? I'm a doctor. Oh, get the heck out of here! I'm one of them, too! Hey, yo, yo. I have two of those. Uh, ladies, ladies, uh, hello. Um, this is your lucky day. You know, anyone who sits in these chairs gets served on the house. Qu'est-ce qu'il passe? Je ne sais pas, mais ils sont très beaux, hein? Oh, mais oui. Carlton, man, they French girls, we... God, what a stallion. <laughs> Time to saddle up. <laughs> Yo, what's up, baby? Hurry up, write your number down before I don't want it no more.